Hi, and welcome to the My RV Broker Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. James Upham, and I believe that everyone who buys or sells RVs should be empowered with all of the tools necessary for a great price and a great experience. This podcast provides advice for the RV lifestyle using RV research, education, and experience to help you buy or sell your RV without being taken advantage of. For more information or for help with your next RV experience, feel free to contact us at myrvbroker.com. Well, hey there, everybody. James here with My RV Broker. Hope everyone's having an amazing week. Um, I don't know where you are right now, but where I am, it's been uh, a nice little change of the weather. So the uh, fall is upon us. And I got to tell you, if you have not yet gone out to an RV park, taken your RV, or even just gotten in a car and went out to see some of these Beautiful areas of the country. In my world, we just got back from the North Carolina mountains, the Blue Ridge, um, and got to spend some time with the family out there to see all the leaves change, and it was breathtaking. So I want to encourage you to do that, or maybe you're, you're living, you're fortunate enough to live in an area where you can look outside and see it. Either way, enjoy uh, the wonderful change in the season. Uh, and of course, it's always best if you can do that in your RV. Hey, I want to come to you today with a brief, if I can, of course, you know, that's a challenge for me, self-admittedly, <laughs> to be as brief as I can on a quick little tip, again, focusing on uh, selling your RV. Why? Because it's slowly turning in to a buyer's market. Um, and so before you had a major advantage in basically anything you sold when it came to an RV. Now you have a lot more competition. Pricing, of course, is, is in the used market especially, has uh, retreated. The interest rates for loans, both new and used, of course, have gone significantly up um, from a couple years ago. And inflation continues to be a problem. So all of this, you know, just kind of flies right in the face for uh, some of these RVs that we're looking to sell. And I want to provide you with another tip, something that I've helped some of my clients with um, in case you're trying to sell your RV. One of the things that you should do when you when it comes to selling your RV is you should absolutely require, and, and if you're selling, I like I always like to be the one to provide this because it's something that I can put together myself or I can amend and do things uh, on my own. But you gotta have a purchase agreement or in some cases a bill of sale. I, pers- I personally like a purchase agreement because that's required by certain states, a purchase agreement by certain lending institutions. Um, and so even though it's labeled a bill of sale, it's pretty much the same thing. Sometimes the purchase agreement will be um, a lot more effective for you, and particularly when it comes to financing. I'll explain that here in just a second. But really what we want, and in some cases, let me backtrack, in some cases, a bill of sale is what is required uh, depending upon the state. But in most cases, you're fine with what's called a purchase agreement. By the way, if you don't have a generic purchase agreement and you'd like for me to send you one, I'd be happy to do that. Just email me at info at myrvbroker.com and just say, hey, I'm looking to sell or I'm selling mine. I don't have a purchase agreement. Let me explain why they're so important. If you don't have a purchase agreement that has been signed, and particularly if there is a lien involved, um, and most most of the time you're going to need to have that for a lien holder. But if you are going to sell your RV 
and you have the title, let's say, either they have the title or you have the title, if you don't have the purchase agreement and you're looking to very quickly move through this transaction, if something falls through, and I'm going to give you an example of, of a real-life scenario that I've helped someone with, uh, and and things get delayed, then you're going to run into a problem, particularly if something goes haywire and you're in a position where you need to um, get that title back. So from what, whatever, whatever side of the fence that you're on, if you're buying or selling, in this case we're selling, one of the things you've got to have in place is this, is this purchase agreement. Why? Because if you do have to go to small claims court or if there is some sort of issue there, you have something in, the, in writing that verifies that this unit with this VIN number, with this title number, et cetera, is being sold to this buyer. Now, <clears throat> when, when you're selling the RV, you have to also know if you're going through a situation where, God forbid, a, uh, a family member has died, a spouse has died, or even in some cases where there's a divorce, whatever that title is being labeled as, you have to make sure that that purchase agreement reflects it exactly as it is on the title. Okay, because in some states now they do all the titles electronically, so they'll send titles electronically. Uh, Florida, I think, is now almost exclusively, if not 100%, but they're close to it where everything goes. Um, you know, and I've I've sold many and helped people buy and sell in uh, in Florida, and because of that, the electronic. If something is wrong, if some if there's one extra letter, or for instance, if it's if the title has you and your spouse on there, and the and your spouse is no longer your spouse. Either they have unfortunately died or they are you're going through a process of separation, et cetera, divorce, then it can be rejected. And so when you have a buyer that say wants to wire the money, which is what I would encourage you to, to insist on, or at least have a cashier's check, when they have the the title, the lien holder has the title, so bank XYZ. You want to make sure that that purchase agreement reflects exactly what the title said, because that's what they're gonna go by. And if, if there is a situation where the spouse is not living at home and they are on the title, they're at another location, you have to get both parties to sign. Um, because I have been, uh, fortunately, I've never been in this situation personally, but I've heard of this happening where a unhappy spouse has decided that they are going to stick it to the other one and they refuse to sign or they, uh, in part of the settlement, will go back to this one scenario and say that this, uh, this unit they didn't approve to sell, et cetera, et cetera. You just want to avoid all that. So as a seller, make sure you have A, a purchase agreement, which reflects exactly what your title says. B, if you don't have the title in hand, make sure you follow whatever your, your lien holder is going to require. So whatever the bank says, you have to have, even if they have a specific purchase agreement that they want to have for their records before they can issue the title back to you to give to the new buyer or directly to the buyer, depending upon how that works, make sure that you have that information. And third, and perhaps most importantly, verify that the title, however yours is titled, that it's going to reflect exactly as it says 
uh, on the purchase agreement so that will – and with signatures, all signatures intact so that if there's an issue down the road, you can at least have this kind of information to verify that, yes, this was a legitimate sale. Uh, yes, you, all parties approved of this. And there is no problem down the road for that particular buyer. A lot of buyers these days are hearing about all these scams and this fraudulent stuff out there. And yes, there is a lot of it out there, particularly on Craigslist um, and some on Facebook Marketplace, but very, very bad on Craigslist. Um, but y- you know, you're seeing this out there. And so a lot of buyers are very reluctant. And so you want to make sure that when the process gets going, that the wire's not rejected, that there's not a problem with the title and that, you know, you find yourself in a bunch of hot water because the buyer thinks that you're trying to scam them, which of course you're not trying to do. Uh, but that just happens to be the world that we're living in. So, Hey, I hope that helps. Again, we're going to start our series soon. I've been working on it on, uh, the top 10 reasons why selling your RV is different than selling a car. But I wanted to give you that little tip. So make sure that uh, if you have the title in hand or if you don't, make sure you have some sort of purchase agreement that you do have signed by all parties uh, as it's listed on your title so that the transfer of that title will be a lot easier um, for the new buyer and you won't find yourself in a problem down the road. Hey, I hope that helps. Any questions or if you need some help with that, an example of a purchase agreement, do not hesitate to reach out my way and we'll look forward to seeing you on the road. Take care, get out there and RV and God bless.